Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Social Corner, where you, the fans, speak out. I am George Jakovic, alongside the champions, Showtime, Sean Porter, Paulie Malinaji, and Chris Algieri. This is the chance for all of you fans. We read your, com- we read your comments. We have the ch- chance. Respond, and we have a good time. Sean Porter. Yo. So last week, something that made a buzz was uh, a question from Lazy Guy sixty five thirty six. He said, "We need Tim versus Sean." So of course, we asked Tim who would win a fight in your primes, you or Sean Porter. And this is what Tim Bradley said. You and Sean Porter, how would that matchup have gone? I beat the hell out of Sean Porter, man. Mm. Sean, Sean know what time it is. I would have beat the hell out of Those Sean. are fighting words. Yeah. <laughs> man. I wind up doing an exhibition. I would have beat Sean. Holly, watch, watch. I'm doing, I'm doing the Sean. <laughs> <laughs> it stayed out. Well, <laughs> Sean Porter. Firstly, firstly, I want to thank Chris for not co-signing when you when you do this right here you you not you're not co-signing. Is that what that so means, Sean? <laughs> so whenever I see you do that, I just thought I just thought you didn't want to be involved in in the in the controversy. <laughs> it's all the same. It's all the same. Come on, listen. Come well, yeah, on, you're not, you're not co-signing, meaning you're stepping out. Yeah, yes, but the first time I saw that clip, y'all, my blood was boiling. <laughs> <laughs> but he did, I think I think in be, I think in between he did give you some credit though, right? I, I think it's taken out of context a little bit, right? I mean, it, that was that was it, an editing yes, clip. Sure. All I saw was what we just saw. <laughs> yeah. right now. Welcome to Pro Box. Welcome to welcome to welcome to the media edits. I'm yeah. telling y'all, and I know, and I know Tim will see that. I'm telling uh, my blood was boiling because <laughs> I have so much love for Tim, and like I'm in my mind, we're brothers and. I've never said anything disrespectful. I was, I, bro, I was on another level. <laughs> <laughs> yo, so, yo, he, he, you know, he said he would fight Amir Khan in a, uh, in an exhibition. Maybe, maybe we got a little pro box uh, exhibition. Listen, now, Tim is twice removed from the game. I'm, I'm once removed. I'm not that far away from the ring. So, uh, Tim, be careful. And why y'all keep why y'all keeping me away from Tim? Why, <laughs> why have I not done the show with Tim yet? Well, that's okay. gonna come at some well, point. Well, I, I, I think I think I think I I think these segments right here, when we get the fan questions, everybody should be here. I I think personally, yeah. we, because the fan questions involve all of us. I, these segments right here, everybody should just be here. <laughs> I said, listen, I, and I just I replayed what he said. Replay what he said. I said, you know what? With that big ass head. You got a lot of you got a lot of room for a big ass imagination. And he's really imagine he's imagining himself kicking my ass. He he, he need to come correct. I'm not co-signing any of this. <laughs> I want both guys. I'm not co-signing any of this. Well, Sean, Sean, we're starting with you. Who would win that fight in your primes? Tim. So Tim Tim couldn't box the way I box. Tim boxed as the amateur the, really well, but when he transitioned to a pro, he became a 100 percent come get you, I'm a professional boxer and I'm here to knock you out. I could box, I could move. 
and and I would have forced him to do things he hadn't done in a long time. I'd have boxed him, and I punched that big ass head of his, <laughs> and, and and take him to some places he ain't been in a long time. Well, Sean, this might not make you happy, but there was a poll during the show. Uh, they did a live poll on who would win, and 64% of the people picked him to beat you. Now, oh, I don't know now Sean's really voted. boiling. Now, I don't know how many fine. people voted. That's fine. Listen, now, I come from that world. Don't forget, when I fought Errol Spence, people were literally saying I was going to get knocked out. I did interviews, and people who were interviewing me were telling me, hey, you know, this might not go to how do you feel. I'm not – other people talking is no problem, but when the fighter talks, that's when I – that's mm. when I got issues, especially again when I thought that we were brothers in arms. And he, <laughs> well, and he, and again, he turned his back on me. I'm hurt, y'all. I'm hurt. Now he he did say some respectful things, you know. But of course, why would we play that? <laughs> why, why are you not playing that? Play, There's no reason to, to play that. Well, welcome to Pro Box. This is an instigator. Well, 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 welcome to the media. That's what, what yeah, do they call it? Gaslighting now, like we're trying to gaslight Sean. Mm -hmm. So, but but some fans um responded to that fight. Wrath of Spectre said, Porter versus Bradley is a classic that we never got to see. I think ProBox should make it happen live on a Wednesday. Let's go. So ProBox Pro isn't there yet. We're not we're not at that level of fighter. <laughs> that's, a, that's that's a big yeah, we we, yeah. we can't afford those guys anyway. Natasha Bass. Hey, hey Chris, way to bail him out, Chris. <laughs> Natasha no, I'm Bass. talking about Tim. Way to bail Tim out. <laughs> Natasha Bass. Listen, you're both my brothers, so I gotta I gotta be on both sides. Said Tim talking shit when Sean's not there. You're not beating my guy, sorry. And Keith Stewart said, Yeah. I think Bradley would have beat Sean KO from a headbutt. So, oh. well, I said it's a no contest. Remember when I got it? When I got asked, I thought it'd be a no contest. You did. I didn't appreciate that either. I didn't appreciate. <laughs> there was this another way, question. That's why I kept. I keep it right down the middle. Sean, I wanted to ask you another question that got a lot of responses too. The first question that I asked last week to the guys was, "Who was your TV crush growing up?" And a lot of people responded. So, Sean. Your TV crush growing up, who was it? Yeah, my wife asked me this morning. She was like, hey, if they ask you who your TV crush is, you better say nobody. I said, well, actually, I got about five or seven of them. So. <laughs> five, <not> six, <laughs> five or seven. Five or seven. seven. <laughs> wow. Sean, Sean, I, I'm, I'm going to just drop the mic on this one. Kerry Washington. Kerry Washington. Wow, yeah. She was good, hot. Good. Drop the mic. Good. You know what, Sean? I, I saw you as a Neil Long guy. But you know what, Kerry Washington? <laughs> definitely Neil Law, but how do you look at somebody and say, "Oh, I bet he like Neil Law." Oh man, yeah, yeah. there, there, there's a class. Oh, you there's look a like class a Neil Long kind there's of guy. There's a class to you, and and Nia kind of had that, you know, like Nia could somebody be Nia the, could be the, Nia could be playing in a hood movie, but still like be class. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. She, so like yeah. it was like, I kind of <laughs> you know, you got the tie on today, the hat, you know. So, who said well, the, the who said the Mexican actress? Yes, uh, I was just Selma gonna. Some, Chris, Selma a Hayek. lot of people. I mean, in the comments, a lot of people were with you in the Selma Hayek pick. A you can know a lot about Selma Hayek. What first crush was? My wife looks like Selma Hayek, so she oh, was cool. she was there like, you if if you do say anybody, it better be Selma Hayek. I'm like, oh, okay, she's she smart. Cool, right, she's good. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. All, if I'm, all, if I'm all looking Latin, at Selma Hayek, I'm going back to Dust Till Dawn. That's exactly women. what I said. Dust Till Dawn. That was that was the yeah. that was the oh. peak. All right. Well, that was the there, one that would make you pray. There was a response. There was, <laughs> was a response from, from that. Crazy. Salami, it's a good movie. Salami said, 
Love these videos and combos. HBO and Showtime are gone, but the sport is still in good hands with you guys around. P.S. My childhood crush was Cameron Diaz in The Mask. So I ain't mad at it. I thought she was. Super she bad was in the mask. I thought she looked better in the mask than the other movies. I, the that was the best ever look. Too short there with the hair. The mask with the long hair. She I, started getting a little too skinny too. She lost that yeah. baby, the baby face, yeah. the young like curves. I don't know. She got a little too. Yeah. She got too Hollywood at that point. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, like I ain't gonna lie. Too. I was watching the mask the other day, and and I, I was like, oh, I forgot that she looked yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she looked extra. Yeah. yeah. And make sure you download the app. Click on the link. Become a part of these shows. Put your comments in. They make these shows. This show is all about you. And don't forget, November 15th, Wednesday Night Fight Series, we got another great fight. Good fighters and great fights. Download the app, please, now. So, Chris, um, Drew Down 4154 said, Chris Algieri versus Sean O'Malley, DAZN pay-per-view. If you don't know, DAZN O'Malley is the UFC Bantamweight champion. He's a 135-pounder. Chris, you interested in that fight? In a ring or in a cage? What are we doing? They, they didn't say. They just said DAZN. So I'm, I'm assuming boxing because they said DAZN pay-per-view. Right. Well, boxing, he's got no chance. So let's, let's be realistic. Again, so pretty much he, he's very question. good. Why, he's why, very why good. Why does everybody keep mentioning O'Malley? Does he have, like, some good hand skills? Because I saw Shakur Stevenson saying that he would beat Sean O'Malley's ass. So like, why do keep this guy keep getting mentioned in, in boxing. He's a good, he, have, he seems he like he's a good MMA skills? striker. He yeah. knocked out Aljamain Sterling with a really nice pull right hand. Uh, and that's I think the Long Island right kid, right? Is he a southpaw? Aljamain's from Long yeah, Island? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and Aljamain's more a wrestler. He's, you know, he's a wrestling guy. Yeah. Um, his striking's good, but he's a, you know, he's a wrestler. And, and... He's a good striker too, which yeah. is what I'm, he's a, so. O'Malley? Oh. Yeah. But I got a question for Paulie, and this is in defense of Chris for Sean and Paulie. It says, um, from Salema8296, in a show of solidarity with Chris, would any of the Pro Box panel come out of retirement to expose Connor Ben now that he's not eating so many <laughs> imported eggs? Paulie? I wouldn't trust I feel that. like everybody I, has. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, what do you mean, like come out of retirement to fight him? I wouldn't trust a guy. I wouldn't trust a guy asking. like that not being, I wouldn't trust a guy like that being clean ever. You know what I mean? Like, you can't. You don't have enough testing in boxing to ever really police that. You know what I mean? It's like once a guy fails like that, like it's like you. I don't think that could be trusted anyway. You know, like just you think just because he's not failing anymore, he's guaranteed to be clean. Like, dude, there's you can't police that all year round. It's impossible unless there's, unless there's so much funding that nobody's gonna put that kind of funding up there. No way. I would no no shot. You get that Sean though. But I'm not. I, I'm not coming out of retirement. <laughs> How about you, Sean? Well, I, just the once upon a time ago, uh, before my fight was made with. Uh, with Terrence, I was, who else can I fight? And it was like, I'm I'm looking for big fights. I'm looking for money. And I was definitely looking to do something in England because I just feel like they fight atmosphere is the most amazing fight atmosphere that I've had the opportunity. I have been in that atmosphere, but not in the ring. So I looked at the fight with, with, uh, with, with Connor. Of course, that was before all of these other allegations and things have, have transpired. Um, but now, yeah, no, uh, I possibly, I I wouldn't even come out of retirement for Tim. And that's, that's a fight I really want. You know what I mean? So I ain't come out of retirement to fight Connor Ben, especially with everything he got going on. You know, he, Sean, that, you know what would have been a good. Simply put, I mean, some, some guys just are not worthy to be in the ring with you. You know what I mean? There you go. He's, he's, and, that's where he's gone. And, so. and, and you know what would have been a, a good fight for you to go to England, uh, Sean, because you never got to fight in England and they would have liked it was a, a Kelbrook rematch. 
Yeah, that would, that would have yeah. been that would have mm, been the one that would have yeah, made sense, yeah. and you would have got that yeah. atmosphere. That's a good a good atmosphere yeah. in England, man. Sean, yeah. I, that's one of the reasons I actually took that Connor Ben fight because I because I had moved back down to forty. Mm. I had fought one forty one, one forty two, then the, the, mm -hmm. five like three months before that fight, and they came through with the fight, and I'm like, I, I'm like I don't. First of all, I'm like I'm, I'm a forty pounder. I, I don't want to, and I don't I didn't know much about the kid, but I was like fighting in England. Ugh, yeah. I mean, those, those crowds are good. I never got to do that, and then I watched some tape from his old fights, and I was like. Um, yeah, all right, good. I'll I got go some big, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll yeah. go over there, beat this kid. Uh, he, he, yeah. you know, and then, listen, obviously it didn't work out, but, um, but yeah, no, that atmosphere, no joke. The fans yeah. were awesome. Yeah. You know, obviously I lost and I lost badly, but I walked out of the ring and fans were like, go champ. That was great. Thank they you so much sport. for coming. It was, boxing. it was, it was very respectful all around. So yeah, that, that was a really good point to yeah, uh, even, Sean about. Even the banter they that. give you at the end, they still love you. You know what I mean? It's, it's oh, kind of yeah, cool like great. that, you know? Well, well, it must have changed because I, I remember seeing Marvin Hagler yeah. win his middleweight championship over there in England and got well, pelted with bottles. So, well, that, I mean, that was- that was, during days, the, so. that was during the soccer hooligan days though, man. They, they were known so as the worst soccer changed. hooligans in, ever in those days too. So you got those kind of spilling over into boxing. I mean, that that kind of that kind of blends in together because the 80s soccer hooliganism in, in England was wild, bro, just wild. <laughs> All right, I got a question for the crew from Boxing Analyst. Start with you, Sean. It says, question for the crew. Who was the dirtiest fighter you fought, and what were they trying to do, with, do to you? Mm, I never really got in the ring with any dirty fighters. Um, oh, you're lucky. In, in retrospect, when I went back in and watched the fight with uh, Errol Spence, and I had remembered during the fight, my dad complained to to the ref a couple of times about about uh, about him hitting me low. We had a moment in like the seventh round. I came back to the rink to the corner, and my legs were like my hamstrings were like tight, and that was something that that early in the fight never experienced before. And so my dad was like, my dad said, "Hey, stay off your feet. Don't move as much this round. One round, and I was like right back to to where I was. Go back and watch the fight, and in retrospect, I'm like." This was a part of their game plan to hit me below, low, low below my 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 tummy, but not low enough to get called wow. for 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 a foul, but still pull something out of me. And I mean, I he he and he also did hit me to the body. I'm not gonna discredit him. He did hit me to the body too. But that was uh, probably the one fight where I look back, I was like, damn, like that was the one time that somebody I felt was purposely hitting me and where they knew I I would where they would benefit, you know? Mm. How about you, Polly? For me, okay, before I even answer this, I think, first of all, I think that sometimes being dirty is a skill as well. You know, I, I think yeah. understanding how to do that is a skill as well. So I think the most skilled dirty fighter I, I fought was Miguel Cotto. He knew how to, mm. you know, use his head in certain ways, uh, uh, you know, physically uh, do certain things. I remember... I thought it was an accident in the fight until I talked to another Puerto Rican fighter, Louis Colazzo, who told me they do that on purpose too. And he, they were, he was jamming my legs on, on the move by, by banging my shins somehow, kneeing, hitting me with his shins and my, in my, in, with his knee and my shin. And the next day, my left shin was all black and blue. And I thought it was just wow. a matter of accidents, like you know, like certain things happen during the shifting. But Colazzo had told me, no, no, they teach that in Puerto Rico. Um, also hit me right on the edge of the low blow, but. On the side, where like you're getting a, you're getting a Charlie horse kind of a thing, it's like killing your tendons and and then and, and you're so he knew how to do that very well. Use his head very well. Also, he didn't just butt you; he knew how to rub his head across your face constantly. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So it feels like a butt, especially when a guy's got a baldy. If you notice, Cotto, 
actually probably had so much success with that in that fight that he never he never grew hair again the rest of his career. He fought everybody with a baldy. I was the first fight. <laughs> I was the first fight that he you fought with a baldy, uh, and he fought a ball, as a baldy the rest of the rest of his career. I don't know if he has hair now, but at the time he still had hair. I mean, he had just fought I think in cornrows or, or in uh, big curls uh, before he yeah. fought me. So so I I think that. It was he. He did it in a in a skill fashion at that point. Also, when you heard a Puerto Rican fighter, Colazo had told me this one too. They go right. They go low right away. So that when you try to when you try to get them, because I remember I heard him in like round eight or nine, and not the one where he went off balance, where everybody like assumes that he got hurt. He didn't get hurt there. That was off balance. There was another shot I hit him behind the ear, and then I I tried to follow it up, and he started throwing low blows to like get me off of him. And uh, if you remember Trinidad did it to Vargas, uh, uh, and um and I remember Colazo telling me that Felix Flores had done it to him, another Puerto Rican fighter that Colazo had fought so I think as far as skill dirty um it was Kodo as far as um sometimes dirty because there's the intensity and I don't I don't know and Sean you can answer this yourself because you're the next guy I was gonna say and I think it's just <laughs> in, it's just intensity <laughs> I don't know if it's skill dirty or if it was just your intensity because you had that kind of intensity where it was so physical yeah. that it wound up being dirty but I don't know I, I don't I couldn't really place the two you know with Kodo it was like it felt calculated. With you, it felt yeah. more like intense, intense, intense. So it was, it, it was it just was physical just intense. Get him. Yeah. It so it, yeah, was it was like him. pit bull kind of thing, you know. So I. But it, what yeah. about it in the Porter fight, Polly? Well, what, it was, what, it was uh, um, forearm, um, rabbit punching. But again, it just kind of, it was just an, an, an assault kind of attack. So it was a little bit of everything. And yeah. of course, it was mixed with legal shots. It wasn't just that. But, but what I'm saying yeah. is, you know, even if I'm trying to, like a lot of times, the, I know I had a problem with Sean when. I usually, when I'm in trouble and I can't get out of the way, I'll try to step into you and smother you and take away the spacing from you and just try to put the fight back in first gear so we can restart. Yeah. And I couldn't do that to Sean. I tried to do it and he was yeah. too physical and he would like literally keep the My intensity. Shit was like, I was yeah. tight. Yeah, yeah. Was so he's tight. like, no, 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 yeah. we're gonna keep working. We're gonna keep working, you know? And so it was like, yeah. I, there's no reprieve there. And in that intensity, you know, some of the shots go behind your ear. Some of the, there's forearms to create space. There's all that. I don't, I don't know. Again, you can answer that better than me. But for me, it felt like that was intensity um, yeah. causing the dirtiness as opposed to with Kodo, it felt like calculated and skilled um, in, in that way too. Because again, I, I do think yeah. that there's, there's dirt, ways you can be dirty in a skilled fashion. It's still dirty, but I mean, it's, it's a skilled way to do it. And then uh, the third guy I'll mention is a guy early in my career, uh, Paul Delgado, I had to fight him twice. The first time he just kept butting me like crazy. It was my first time ever experiencing a guy who knew how to butt. And it was like, uh, I was like, I don't know, you know, I was like my 11th, 11th or 12th pro fight, and this guy just kept butting me. And this guy actually wound up fighting for a world title later. You know, I fought him early in my career, Delgado. But um, I had to end up fighting him twice. It was the first fight I looked so bad that I was like, all right, you know, I got to give this guy, I'm giving this guy a rematch. I, I'm not satisfied with my performance. And I beat him more easily in the second, the second time. But th that experience also taught me a lot, and it was uh, uh, dealing with uh, a guy who knew how to butt very, very well. He, he would enter with his head in a way, and at the time, it would make me pull away because, you know, one thing you don't know about the amateurs, uh, with the headgears, sometimes you clash heads and you don't realize it because you cl you're clashing headgears. And so I don't think you realize it. In the pros, every little touch of heads bothers you, you know? So all of a sudden, it's something you learn when you're a pro from when, the, when you don't have any amateurs. So all of a sudden, with Delgado, he's you coming in with his head a lot. And to avoid, I usually am dipping because I don't want to lose positioning. And, and dipping, I'm dipping into headbutts. So what happens, mm -hmm. automatically, my head is now starts telling me, no, I can't dip because I'm going to get butted. I mean, pull. And when I'd be pulling, he'd be throwing these overhand shots and he'd be landing them. So it was causing, 
the dirtiness was causing him to land clean shots at times, you know? So, <laughs> so it was like, it was strange. So again, I mean, that's kind of skill too in some ways. But again, these are like the, the, the three experiences I had with uh, uh, various, various levels of dirty. I, I think everybody's dirty to a degree. Love Morendo was dirty as hell. He was just a complainer. I remember in the rematch against, uh, uh, in England, in the first fight, he was complaining that he didn't get to work on the inside. Meantime, if you watch the first fight on the inside, every time we're on the inside, I'm pushing him back to ropes. That's why the referee is breaking us because he sees I'm physically stronger. In the rematch, Mickey Van who was 105 years old anyway when he was reffing us. I guess he got all the complaints from Endo about, hey, let us work on the inside. What does Endo do on the inside? He don't even know how to work on the inside. He's all intensity too. He just rabbit punching like crazy and taking the braids out of my hair because if you remember the rematch, I had braids. So he's taking the yep. tape out of my hair and then trying to just do all, the, all these rabbit shots. So, I, I mean, that was Probably dirty, but that was, that was dirty. But that, that, that experience and a lot of other experiences taught me that, to a degree, the dirtiness is not going to get called in fights. Referees are there to watch the fight. They should be charged the ticket for the most part. They should sit in the front row because they don't do anything anyway. So, so um, to a degree, every fight gets a little bit dirty, and that's, that's my whole analysis of everything. I know it took long. Sorry, Chris. I don't want to cut into the whole big answer, but that's my whole analysis of the dirty stuff. Get, get Paulie a corner, man. He needs a, he needs a corner corner right now. Yeah, he does. On the head. Take a breath. Take a breath. <laughs> Take the mouthpiece out. Come on. Get, wipe, 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 wipe him down. Pull the cup. Pull the cup. Uh, <sighs> okay. I had a, so, so, Paul, you made actually some really good points that I want to piggyback in terms of what I call Billy Goaters, the guys who are headbutters, the Billy Goat guys. And I, I fought a lot of guys. I was tall for my weight class, right? I'm 5'10", 5'11". I fought at 140 for the majority of my career. Um, so a lot of times guys and, and guys didn't get really close to me at all, especially early on in my career, but certain guys that were good at headbutting, like you said, Paulie, and it changes the way you fight because you, you, you have to fight differently because I just don't want to get butted. You notice my face is clean. Who remembers me being cut? I had 20 pro kickboxing fights. I didn't wear a headgear for 20 times before I stepped into a boxing ring. I know where my head goes. I know where my opponent's head goes. Very few cuts. A lot of times cuts come from headbutts, not from punches. So, um, I, you know, I, I was very cautious about that. I had a billy goat early in my career, this guy James Hope, and my face got hammered. I, first time I had ever been cut, I had like a little vertical cut. And if, ever, if you ever see a vertical cut, that's never a punch. Vertical mm -hmm. cuts are always headbutts. And I had a little vertical cut above my eyebrow, a little swelling here and there. I always bruised up easily. Anyway, uh, I fought another kid, Daniel Gonzalez. He headbutted me a bunch. I had a bad cut under my eye. And people don't realize that home cuts, like, they're like punches. You see, you can see a white flash when you get headbutted hard. It's not like, oh, it's just it's just cutting your skin. No, your 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 brain is getting damaged. You're ba you're banging someone's skull who's who's diving in. But I would say the most skilled dirty fighter, which was probably Paulie didn't mention, was Khan. That dude headbutted me so goddamn hard mm. every time I got close to him. I had bruises on both ears from his head. I remember in the first round because I rocked him in the first round with a right hand. Jab low, right hand over the top, which is Dr. Alcoto knocked, uh, Canelo knocked him out. It's a, it a, a stab jab, fake jab low, right hand over the top, caught him right on the chin, um, went for the follow-up, just missed. But from then on, every time we got close, every time I hit a right hand and rolled, head, uh, he grabbed me in a headlock up, up front. And I remember early on saying, because he was squeezing me so hard, I'm like, this guy's going to get tired. I'm like, squeeze till your heart's content. You're going to get tired. That muscle, that muscle isometric hold in the shoulder, that's going to tire you. I'm like, you're not a wrestler. You're a boxer. You're used to being fast. You're a fast guy. I could not believe the conditioning that man had. In the 12th round, he's still squeezing my head as hard as he could. I'm like, man, he was strong. Paul, you could probably attest to this. He's stronger than people give him credit for. Amir yeah, Khan. physically, he's, a, he's stronger. He's a physically strong guy. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't give him credit for that. They know him as, you know, just being fast. But he could punch and he was strong. 
And a lot of them are con I felt, folk. I felt, I felt like um, when oh, we all fought him. I felt like in the, yeah. I felt like in the con fight, he wasn't butting me because I was staying low. But he, I had the problem where he's pushing my head down a lot and getting the, doing yeah. the headlocks and pushing my head down. He lost points in the Lamont Peterson fight for that because uh, Amir had no inside game. So he's either when you get close, he mm -hmm. holds you real tight. Or he, or he puts his hands on top of you and pushes you down, or he puts you in that headlock. I remember my neck had such a bad cramp by the end of the fight. I couldn't even hold my head up, one, man. It was like One of my biggest arguments and gripes about that fight in particular was that the ref did not do enough. He allowed him to grab me all night long, where I wanted to fight in the well, inside. That's what, I'm, a, I'm a pretty good inside fighter well, for a tall guy, and he just they did not allow it at all. Well, that's why I'm saying I mean, refs just, just sit in the front row. They should be charged the ticket. They, they get paid for the night to, be the, to have the best seat in the house, for the most part. I mean, there are, and don't get me wrong, there's fights where refs shouldn't get involved. Don't get me wrong. But when, but the times yeah. they should get involved, they're kind of intimidated because they don't want to get booed because the fans don't know anything. They don't want, they just want to see action. They just want to see two guys fight. So ultimately, I usually like when they stay out of it, but you're right. Sometimes they need it. Like, I mean, I remember in the Ruslan fight, like when we tied up, because he didn't really have much inside game either. He was really good if he was right in front of you. Mm. But like, as soon as you tied up, he kind of relaxed, which if you notice in that fight, there were times where I would spin around him and hit him again. Because I'm like, I'm like, this guy's not going to fight on the inside at all. Okay, step around. Bang, ref yeah. didn't break us yet, and he would do that over and over. And then any time that we did tie up where the ref did get involved, where I didn't want any more of it, I locked him up so tight from my wrestling days. I was like, all right, well, now now the ref is doing his job because we're breaking because there's nothing for us to do at this point. Yeah. So it's really important for refs to understand when to allow a guy to fight, which I normally like. But listen, if the guy is just completely sitting on it or, or doing something illegal come on step in and do your job moral Make of the sure story download... moral of the story right, pro boxing is, is dirty inside the ring <laughs> moral of the story <laughs> but what you should do to hear about these stories download the app it's very easy click on the link in the description become a part of these shows give us your comments they can be boxing related related non-boxing related it doesn't matter they will make the show we're running down on time but got a couple more quick ones um sean and this is this is for all three of you this is a good one from kenny imo question for the guys which fighter was the most talented but never fulfilled their potential uh as a like as as a professional uh -huh. that's 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 one to think that? about for a minute honestly yeah that, there's a lot <laughs> for one there's a lot the of guys. first one that came to my mind is daniel jacobs Mm. You think so? They as, got the for, for as much as he did. Yeah, but you, when you get those fights, let me tell you, like, DJ was literally the guy as an amateur. Funny, I was thinking about it earlier when I woke up this morning. We fought 165 pounds, Olympic, the, all all that. He and I were in our weight class. We were, it was, he won the tournament. If he didn't win the tournament, I won the tournament. And usually we beat one another to win the tournament. We were light years ahead of everybody else in that division and he ends up losing to a guy that i beat twice and that guy ends up making the olympic team Estrada. oh wait it should have Estrada. yep oh wait it should have been sean it should have been sean porter or daniel jacobs uh representing the, the the u.s in the olympic games wasn't that way whatever the case may be but that boy was so cold and legit when he moved on and turned pro i know he had the the cancer scare and all these other things but i just feel like there were there was a direction he was supposed to go, and remember he had the early the, the knockout early in his career yep. too. Yeah, with on Pirog. HBO. Pirog. Yeah. Yeah, Pirog. Pirog was good, and man. I, I saw that on HBO. And I truly think that that Pirog fight is ends up making or breaking who he could have been. But honestly, man, everything that I that I be, did in the in the, in the pro game, I, everybody expected him to do the same thing. You know what I mean? And not that he didn't 
I did better than him or anything like that. I just think in terms of where I where I saw him, uh, in terms of his abilities and 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 what sh- truly showed up as a professional, I felt like he didn't truly reach his potential. Maybe it's a Brooklyn thing because I feel like uh, Zab Judah in the Olympic trials when he lost to David Diaz was also supposed to make the Olympic team. Everybody was expecting Zab to make the Olympic team, and he gets upset by David Diaz, and then Riddick Bowe. Riddick Bow too, right? Mm. It's a Brooklyn thing. Riddick, 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 Riddick didn't uh, mm. didn't really pan out. I mean, again, these are guys. Just goes to show you the, what was expected of these guys because these guys, these are guys that were so champ, so good that even the champ, fact they won championships, uh, they they're still considered underachievers. Mark Breland, same thing, another Brooklyn guy. Mm. Must maybe it's a thing about Brooklyn. I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, mm. But but the, all these guys, I felt like in 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 the New York area, the what was expected of them. Because Sean, you got me thinking when you mentioned Danny. That I'm gonna mention somebody else now off of Danny as well. Because it's funny, Danny just mentioning Danny six degrees separate creates all this all these thoughts in my head now so you got Zab you got Breland you got Riddick with the Brooklyn connection but I'm gonna say something somebody also connected to Danny that never won a world championship that I thought was supposed to be this monster in the in the pros and I thought bad I thought it was a bad Chris did I take it I thought it was a bad a, a bad some bad breaks this guy got Matt Karabov for me it was Matt Karabov oh. he was an amateur world champion okay. yeah. and all these other guys and if you look at this poor guy he kept getting injured in these big fights I mean I worked the Eubank fight where he blows out his shoulder in round one I thought he was going to beat Eubank and he, even though he's 35 and his shoulder separates in round one and he loses on a TKO um, I think what there was another fight where he, he, he twisted his ankle or something or he broke yeah, it I mean, I, I mean Karabov Karabov got like had like a hex on his life, man. I mean, it was crazy. When you consider uh, everything you hear about him in the amateurs, uh, an amateur world champion and all these accolades, and then in the pros, I still think he was good enough in the pros, but it was just bad breaks here and there, and it just it just never materialized. It's crazy. I think Andy Lee might have stopped him when he was uh, uh, losing, right? Did Andy Lee stop him as well when, when Karbov was, was winning the fight or something like that? Somebody also stopped him when he was winning the whole fight, and then he got stopped. I think it was Andy Lee. That sounds like an Andy Lee story because yeah. uh, that's Andy Lee's MO. Yeah, so. I think we, we talked about Korobov, I think, a couple weeks ago, you and I, Paul. So I was like, when you, when you said it, when you got, I was like, I know he's going to take my guy. That was your uh, guy. But even, but even another guy related to Danny, Sergey Derevchenko. Yeah. That guy's okay. never been a world champion. And Brooklyn. And- this, is, look, this whole answer became revolved around Danny and it's a revolved around Brooklyn. Dude, Sergey is so good, man. And he's he was good. He was one of those guys who was fast tracked as a pro, was fighting like top notch, like legit gatekeepers like right away and fought you know sub contender guys right away he was a guy that was a sure lock to be a world champion never won a world title sergey derevchenko was still not a world champion and i got a connection with sergey too because sergey fought for the milano thunder in the in the uh, world series of boxing in the amateurs and in italy i used to remember hearing about sergey even before he turned pro mm-hmm. because he was like a terror in milan he was beating up yeah. the pros he was beating up everybody uh, over there with that team because he was also sparring with pros over there in milan and he was a, a terror, terror in the gym, he was man. a terror in wow. milan as well and and i was so i was hearing about him even before he got to brooklyn so yeah all these connections revolve around Brooklyn. You know, one one popped into my head. Francisco Bajado was supposed I, to be. I was going like, to say this. Oh, dude, you know what? Yeah, good one. I had a little rivalry with him in the media going back and forth. We were both prospects at the same time. But also, I felt like Bajado was talented, but also, like, I felt like they overhyped him, too. Like, I, I don't, yeah. you never knew That's how good he was going to be. You know what I'm saying? Like, you never knew how good he was going to be. You know, like, he was, he was good. But, like, I didn't understand why he was getting this more hyper than everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, he never got to really show. And I can remember Ring Magazine, uh, you know, the upcoming year awards they would have, like, the upcoming predictions for the year. I remember Ring Magazine, for the upcoming year 2002, predict that he would win his first world title. I'm like, dude, this guy yeah. just turned pro. What are you talking about? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. And he never won a world title. And you know what's crazy? I had somebody on the 
West Coast tell me that his brother uh, uh, was even more talented than him, but had no wow. balls. He had McGregor syndrome, unfortunately. He had no balls at all. And but I heard we he almost. I heard. I heard he was more talented than Francisco. They like they would tell me like this kid was super talented, but like he'd have a hard sparring session in the gym, and uh, even though he'd get the better of it, but it would test him, and because he was so talented, and then he'd be gone for like three weeks. He wouldn't come back. Like that. That is so stressful that is so that is so frustrating to deal with a guy with that kind of talent that just doesn't want it we almost got through a whole show without paulie talking about conor mcgregor we almost made it <laughs> we almost made it but where but the shoe guys, fits that's true look it was it was appropriate i'll, I'll give you that um <laughs> a couple of of uplifting comments and then we're going to close it out drag shot king 776 says this episode made me subscribe it was a change outside of boxing. It was like boys hanging out and chilling, talking about girls and just life growing up. Thumbs up. And Pro Box Fan says, I'm liking this fresh deli content from the all-star panel, guys. Not only is no one else doing it as well as you are, no one else is doing it day in and day out, keeping fans informed, engaged, and excited about the sport they love. Guys like you are not only going to help the sport survive, but thrive again. Boxing reimagined. And the last one from Cheap Wiggum, 325 says, brilliant channel and really enjoy the host, ref, judge, George. Good stuff, Pro Box team. I wonder how that one got in there. I don't know. Uh, they, they say my name, they George. get in the show. I, 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 I want to see some of these comments about these sparring sessions and what they think of the judging. That's what I want to say. Well, <laughs> well uh, maybe that, that'll be on the next show, maybe, but probably not. But guys, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Does that Listen, mean they don't agree? <laughs> Make sure you download the app. Comment on these shows. The comments become the show. This show is all about your comments. Click on the link in the description. It's super easy. Champions, I thank you. Pro Box TV is your boxing channel.